It's Latin Sight. Rewind the tape. Let's relive relive those moments of football magic. All right, so legends feature tonight, uh, both a real soldier of South African football. Uh, I can safely tell you that uh, his exciting spells when he was at Ajax Cape Town or Supersports United or even Mamelodi Sundowns are testimony to what a loyal servant is all about. And having made a significant contribution as well for several years uh, at each of those clubs, <laughs> I go back to what seven stars uh, go back to Cape Town Spurs and Bumilanga Black Aces. Are also very, very impressive on a CV. There's also the 2002 FIFA World Cup. There's the 2006 Nations Cup. Um, just to put the icing on the cake. And if you need another hint, I mean, he's a former goalkeeper. Uh, he'll tell me as well. Because as much as we're celebrating his career, uh, we'll ask him about the selection for tonight from a goalkeeping perspective, of course. I recently coached Ajax Cape Town. In the relegation promotion playoff. Yeah, he's Donovan, but we know him as Calvin Marlin. He's the man that we're going to be honoring this evening as we continue to salute our legends while they're still alive. Calvin Marlin, good evening. Yeah, how's it, Rob? How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Was it the Donovan that I threw in there that kind of threw you off a bit? Well, if my mom had her way, that would have been my first man. So, yeah. <laughs> what, what was your preference? No, I'll let my Calvin's my dad's second name, so I went with that eventually. But you prefer Calvin, don't you? Yeah, well, I don't know. Sometimes people think, uh, you know, Calvin Marlin, they think, oh, I must be from Cape Town or something, from the, the plane somewhere. <laughs> Great to have you on the show, and welcome to our Friday feature with the legends, and looking forward to just having a conversation about your career, celebrating who and what you're all about, uh, Kelvin. Uh, whether you like it or not, you are a legend, and that is how we perceive you, and uh, not in any small way, but for all that you did for football in this country. And that is why today you wear that wonderful crown. Well, thanks, you know, but when, when, when we started football, in, well, when I started, it was never to to do anything but just play the game and because and you love the game. Mm. And w- would you say you would have done anything differently? Yeah, I think I would have. Ch- you know, looking back, obviously, I would change a few things, maybe a couple of decisions you make here or there, and, and you know, set maybe more higher higher targets and goals. And, and I always think, you know, just that extra five minutes on the field here or there, you know, could have made things a little bit better for, you, for, for me as a goalkeeper. You know, because you're always trying to improve and what we try and teach the youngsters now that I'm, I'm coaching is that, you know, tomorrow you blink and tomorrow you, you finished and that's the end of your career. That's crazy, though, because, and, 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 and trust me, we're not going to be analyzing anything to do with Bafana Bafana, but um, I'm always tempted to find out from a goalkeeping perspective whether a right choice has been made to put Ronan Williams in that starting eleven for tonight's game. You know, Ronan's been a while, uh, around a while, and I mean, he's been blessed in a way that at Supersport they allowed him to play so young, and you can see how he's maturing and how he's grown over the years. And, you know, sometimes just that step up into international level that I found out as well, that's a, a, a big jump again from PSL. So maybe, you know, give him a few games and see how he, how he progresses and, you know, playing with teammates maybe that he's gotten more accustomed to. I mean, we all know E2's strengths, and Darren, we've seen uh, playing for a good few years now. 
but Roland's been very consistent at a PSL level. When, when you've got a bit of a conundrum like uh, a Darren Keat as a coach that hasn't really been able to watch him on a regular basis as he does with uh, Itu and as he does with Ronwin, what's, what's a safe bet? To go with a Ronwin approach or to say maybe let's take a chance with Darren or maybe you say, okay, fine, we've got two games, home and away, but we're both playing them at home. So maybe Darren will start the second one. How do you think he'll handle that one? Well, that's the thing. Uh, it depends on if a coach has a time to see that he's actually been playing, how many minutes he's been playing, and what sort of performances he's been putting in, and at what level. I mean, yes, we get to watch South African football every day, and we know what what Ronan's been doing at SuperSport and and the saves he makes and the way he keeps the, the team in the, in the game. Um, he's matured a lot, like I said. So you know, maybe now's the right time for for Ronan to stand up for himself and and claim a spot. But Darren, you know, we also know he's a very good keeper. So. You know, you could uh, probably, uh, what do you say, coin toss between who you really want to start in that position. Absolutely. So after the break, we'll begin officially with our with our celebration, our salute to a soldier that's done ever so well in South African football. That's uh, Kelvin Marlin. We'll go through a couple of your Facebook messages that you've sent through. I see as well on social media, on Twitter as well, uh, people more than excited to hear the voice of Kelvin Marlin uh, saying that one of the best that they've come across in terms of goalkeeping here in SA. So we'll find out just how the journey has gone for him and where he sees himself in the future. It is Mara Sports Worldwide. It's a Friday today, which means we let our hair down slightly here. Kelvin's still got plenty of hair, hasn't um, fallen <laughs> off. And that is a good sign. <laughs> He's our guest tonight, 0605842250. You remember the days, man, of Michal Warriors. And that's literally where professionally the journey began for you. Yeah, that was a shock because, I mean, I think about a year before that, I started the goalkeeper for my amateur club. Then Michal came along and moved the club to PE. And then they had a crisis in the goalkeeping department. So I went from amateur football straight into PSL. <laughs> so that was, it was a massive shock to me. Was it just as, as quick as that? Literally. I'd, I was busy writing uh, my finals for, for varsity. Yeah. And then my dad said, you're not going to go play football until you're finished. And then that December I signed in 96. And I think I played my first game maybe January or something. There was issues with Wade and between Wade and the, and the coach. And next minute, I got thrown in the deep end and had to play. And that's how it was. That's how I started. And you swam? Well, yeah. Well, luckily, luckily <laughs> I did swim, yeah, because you never know how things would have turned out. And, you know, thankfully, a lot of, of great uh, people around me in those years, a lot of experience, like David and Mark Byrne, you know, helping yeah. me through the years and giving me all the advice and things like that. And I soaked it up and I uh, put it into practice. So, you know, when I look back, I, I really was blessed from that point of view. Who was coaching by that time? Do you remember? Budgie Burn. I had the whole Burn family Bungie? there with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Budgie, David, it, Mark, yes. all of them were there. <laughs> all, all the former Hellenic boys were there. Yeah, um, yeah. And, 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 and on your debut as well, you know, from a professional perspective now, playing for Michal Warriors, um, it was a 12 draw, so you kind of considered two goals, but at least you weren't on the losing side. Well, at the moment, when, when, I, when I started there, yeah, they weren't doing too well. I think we, we pretty much fought relegation the whole time I was there when, yeah. when, when I joined. So, and we just lost that at the end, I think, by a couple of points to, I believe, I got it right, with Amazulu stayed up and we went down. 
because I, I was still celebrating the last game. We rode from B all the way to Bloom. We won the game, but then only to find out later that I think mean, Amazulu got a result and they stood up and we got relegated. So for me, just to be part of it in those years was massive, yeah. So conceding two goals, I was upset, but realistically, when we looked at our team, I mean, we actually, it was a good result for us. And obviously at that time, you, you talk about then having to move on and then you find somebody who at that stage was obviously indirectly linked to the uh, Byrne family and there would have been coach uh, Gavin Hunt and you move across to Seven Stars. Um, what was that like? Because Seven Stars, there was this ridiculous record that uh, Gavin had. I think it was over 77 games unbeaten, etc., etc. But the vision was there. I mean, Rob Moore, you know Rob Moore. He yeah. wants and he gets whatever it is that he wants. But there was a professional structure. There was, I, mean, I remember most of the time, there were these crazy things they would give you at the stadium, which turned out to be match day um, magazines or, you know, the, the, this whole yeah. thing. So he kind of professionalized, but he, he was not even in, in, in the top flight football. And I was just always amazed. Yes, he was a publisher, kickoff and everything else um, under Touchline Media. But how did you find your experience at Seven Stars? No, it was really eye-opening. Obviously, the first time I had left home, I think it was 22, roughly, 21, 22 at the stage because we we, we had fought um, the promotion battle against Seven Stars when I was with Warriors. And then obviously the relationship between the Burns and and, uh, Hunty. Um, So then... They sent me over there because I had an option of going to Tata Bushpark in those years as well. And I chose Cape Town instead of going to Tata. And, and I got there and, you know, things were a little bit different to what I was used to. But uh, it was still, I would like to say it was still very semi-pro in those years. You know, mm-hmm. you, you trained in the afternoon, the evening after a lot of guys had full, full nine-to-five jobs. And then you got play matches. But, yeah, it was uh, really eye-opening to get out of home for the first time. Luckily, I went down with two in Francis. They kind of stayed together, so it was so nice. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I was really blessed because, I mean, that relationship between the Burns family and, and Hunty opened up that door for me. What, what is the secret to the success? You know, there was, there was an obvious success. There was, um, there was a lot of people that wanted to play for Seven Stars. Uh, it had so much raw talent, but at the same time, it had... You know, a big name here or there, but it it was just roughly a club that attracted so many people in that area and in, in that region. And as you know, again, Kelvin, it was highly supported. Yeah, but um, I mean, Rob was great at that. That was that was one of Rob's strengths: the marketing, getting people excited about certain things. You can see he did the same thing with Ajax when Ajax started, and he just continued that there. So he got the people in the area excited about the team. He took it to the township. I played in Langa, I think I remember correctly, before we moved to the bigger stadium. Yes. So he got the people involved, and that's what they loved. He got a couple of local players from the area to, to you know, get the people really sucked in. And, um, you know, he got a few characters in, and the team was, was doing well. And at the end of the day, he knew that, that he, you know, winning football, you get the crowds in. And if anybody was able to watch Seven Stars back then and that's listening to the radio, would love uh, to hear your reaction as well. 060-584-2250. Our chat tonight on the Legends Night feature right here at Mara Sports Worldwide across at Metro FM as well as Radio 2000. Calvin Mullen is in the seat.
All right, so our voice note number is 0605842250. It's a Friday today. We're chatting to our living legend, Calvin Marlin, and we're just reminiscing about uh, days gone by. We made a stop with seven stars. What, what led then, Calvin, to you having to go on loan, if I remember correctly, uh, across the road to, to Cape Town Spurs? Yeah, at that stage, John, John and myself were fighting for the number one at seven stars, and then they had um, Munib even then. When he was already playing for, for Cape Town Spurs, I think a lot of people wouldn't know that. And it was um, Wayne Roberts. And then yeah. Wayne, I think, did his infamous disappearing acts. And when he, I had a shoulder problem, so they had a bit of a crisis there with the keepers. But then I went across to go help them, because they were fighting relegation as well in that, at that stage, Cape Town Spurs. And I think that didn't help when, when Bruce came, because Bruce Corbett came down to Seven Stars to be the coach, and I pushed up with the Man United shirt on, so maybe that didn't help me either. Oi, what was Bruce doing? <laughs> I've heard so many stories about uh, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's how I ended up at, 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 um, at uh, Cape Town Spurs. I was literally got a phone call, swap deal, and um, then Wayne Roberts went to to uh, Seven Stars. I went to Spurs, and then I think they didn't find Wayne for the rest of the season. I think he was there two, three weeks, and, and then John finished the season with him. John ended up playing. And look how they ended up. They came fourth. And we just stayed up. Spurs in those years. That is crazy. That is crazy. Because, but what, honestly though, what was your experience with Bruce? I was there for about a week. Um, during shooting practice, we couldn't score past him. I mean, you'd stand behind us and we'd miss it as the keepers and you'd be making the save. Um, he, you know, there wasn't much training going on. I mean, he was very much just getting the team strong, getting the, the bond together with the boys. I always used to complain to Doon because I was running every day at Spurs. And there they would be going to Camps Bay Beach, having a few drinks there, going there, uh, having fun, training maybe three times a week. And they ended up coming fourth and we were fighting relegation every day. I'd be exhausted and Doon would still be in bed by the time I got up. He was. But so that's those stories were not fairy tale stories. No, that's the thing. It, it was sure. I never ran so much in my life. I think we had the English coach in those years. It was Frank Lord. And uh, yeah. I think we could have left the boots at home after that. In those days, we ran and we ran more. And uh, that's how it was. But we also had a, a good group of guys together, a couple of good guys. Rosie was already, was also playing for uh, Spurs in those years. Greg Rosie was uh, the right back. I'll never forget him playing at right back. Uh, I think Alton was playing as a striker. Alton Mayron. Uh, yes. You know, Spurs actually had a decent, decent team. They're just very unlucky. I think David Matisse was still there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, spoke to, we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, definitely. Yeah, was yeah he was unbelievable yeah. as a player. Oh, unbelievable. Just quality. Yeah. Probably gave you a couple of nightmare moments if you had to face him on the other side. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Well. Luckily, I think you were coming to the end when, when, when I kind of stepped up. I don't know where he, yeah. he, 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 he played one season with Ajax with me and then he moved on. I'm not mistaken, I think he went to Celtic. Yeah, went to Bloom. Yeah. Yeah. Bloom yeah. He, lo- he loves that part of the world. I mean, that's where he still finds himself. I mean, there, there's yeah. just so many in, in, intriguing stories that happened you know, around your career. And, and I think for me, one of the highlights and, and one of the games that I'll always remember um, I mean, if I take you back to maybe one of your stellar performances would have been in the, it was at the Rothmans Cup, as it was then. Um, you were with Ajax Cape Town. Yeah. You were playing against Orlando Pirates in the final. Yeah. 
And yes. it was 4-1 in the end. Yeah. I think it was the, we had to play two finals, Moss. Wasn't the first one a draw? It yes. was a 1 1, and then we had to come back and play on a Wednesday night or something like that. I remember staying over. Remember but what correctly. was that like? Because that was like such a hyped up. I, mean, I always look forward to Rotman's Cup. It was that, yes. and then obviously later on it was the Coca Cola Cup. But just yes. the whole Rotman's Cup, and hey, it's incredible, and you know, what that, unbelievable. That, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> and well, every time I mean, you it heard it, up, you just said yeah. football. Yeah. Yeah, it lived up to its name, that unbelievable. I mean, I, I can vividly remember the bus trip down that night to, to the game, the way the boys were singing in the bus, the way they were carrying on. It's, um, Steve Hart, I think, was the coach at that stage. And the way they were carrying on and buzzing, I mean, when you're looking back, you're never going to lose that game the way. The spirit was with the team, and we were such a young team, I explained, that you know we almost played with no fear, and it kind of showed showed in the result that night. And, and I would imagine that having scaled those heights, Calvin, and then you you brought in to try and assist them with this whole promotion um, last season. I think twenty twenty is just one. Hey crazy nightmare. I don't even know what it was last season or what's this season. So when you've been brought in to try and assist uh, their cause, and then that doesn't work out, and then all of a sudden, a team called Ajax Cape Town now doesn't even exist. Yeah, it's sad. It's, it's, uh, it's very sad. When I mean, Even when I got back to the club, the culture changed. A lot of changed within the club structure. And it was very sad to see, actually, where, where Ajax had, had gone to, how quickly they had gone down from, from that point of view. Because when I was there, youth was massive, massive, massive. And the whole club structure, we were all like one big family there in those years. And when I got back there, it was nowhere near the same, the same feel, if I can put it that way. And uh, very sad to see what, it, what, what ended up there with Ajax. So the whole Ikamva vibe that was there, and having been there a couple of times, obviously not with the... Not not in recent time, but almost during the formative years, a couple of years after you were there, and one got a whole tour of the place, one got to understand and know the culture. I mean, I always referred to uh, even understanding what the whole total football was, you know, yeah. the Dutch approach, and when you in the showers, they had the whole formation that was there on, yeah. on the tiles, etc. So all of that culture was ingrained in you. So you're yeah. saying that when you had to go back, all of that was now no longer pretty in, much exist- out the in existence. Yeah, pretty much really? out the window. That was it. Yeah, and then you could see, and you could see with with what what was it, what was coming through in the IX ranks. I mean, yes, we they always had a, a young squad, but the, the qualities had, had had kind of dropped off, and also you never had that that kind of same thing throughout the club that that IX was known for. That from under eight, I think those years when I thought it was under eight. Now, mm-hmm. when I got back there, I think it was only under 12 they started it. From under 8 all the way through to the first team was the exact same. We all played the same way, all had the same philosophy. And it kind of changed throughout the, the age groups. You know, when you could see how they were all just different. That's crazy. It's kind of sad to see. I know. I mean, I, I still can't believe that a club like that doesn't exist anymore. With, again, with all the history that it comes with, and that game, the game at Orlando, there, there's just so many, yeah, there, there's just crazy moments. Uh, Victor Zola on uh, Twitter says, I, I never saw him distributing by kicking. I mean, 
Uh, he didn't see that himself. He says he'd take a long throw uh, that is not uh, bumping but go straight to the player. Uh, I was, what, plus minus 13 years old, and I really, really admired him. So we'll take a lot of your uh, tweets. You will take plenty of voice notes. He's obviously a very popular man, this that I'm chatting to. Uh, Tim Rams even says, Calvin Marlin, what a, what a jam. Talent personified. What a great legend. Great humble gentleman. I really enjoyed watching him in the in the past. Um, or oh, in the post, he says, who was the striker that gave him nightmares uh, when playing against him? So we'll answer those and a whole lot of other questions. So keep those coming through. 60584 double It's top of the hour. Lots happening in South Africa and around the world, as I'm sure Mudubi Mahali Mela will testify. Rem- uh, good evening, Mr. Marawa. As always on Friday, you you while you were still profiling him, I just quickly reminded the game against the first game ever, Kaiser Chiefs against AX Cape Town. It was uh, Telcom Charity Cup. And Yabona Ukalvin Malini, Ilekrop Lenea Figa, and Nigazi Kaiser Chiefs, Umzi Mangalizui Kati, Koswaguba, and about its Aikasenayo. Uh, Stephen Pinar, Kanameyer, the list is endless, but yeah, Calvin Marin is a real legend. He won uh, so many silverwares and he represented our country. And uh, yeah, we are proud of him. And I was so happy to see him uh, doing the coaching um, uh, job in Ice Cape Town. Unfortunately, uh, fortunately, unfortunately uh, things will go well in the future. Good evening, Rob. This is Rast 24 PE. Uh, right now uh, in studio, you are chatting with one of the most uh, uh, legendary, uh, Mr. Calvin Malina. Uh, all I want to say to him, uh, I just want to thank him for representing uh, South Africa, uh, representing EPE, uh, for lifting a flag as a PE high here in South Africa. Uh, as you are counting in all the things that he, he played for that guy has done well. So Mr. Malin, thanks for uh, lifting NPE. Well, Buddha, uh, NPE, you are one of the best. Uh, it feels good to have a legend like you. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, hope one of these days uh, you will come back uh, to your hometown and uh, do something uh, uh, for NPE. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Good evening, Rob. Uh, good evening, Bev. Uh, thank you so much for hosting uh, Calvin Marlin. He has done a lot uh, uh, for this country uh, and for South African football in its entirety. Uh, he deserves uh, to be honored as a legend. And he's one of the few legends that he has played the game also currently contributing in the coaching uh, 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 fraternity, Rob. And my question to Calvin is that uh, if he had to assemble his best starting 11, uh, which comprises of the guys who, whom he played with, who will be in that team, Rob? Thank you so much. Greetings, Rob. You got the legend there in the studio, Rob. Kevin Mali. You know, in sometimes era the rope, I respect him. I was starting lineup. We we were using him as a number one goalkeeper. We took out our way to Snowfuyomere. 
Sina Oscar Ndwakai, Michael Manzini, Matthew Booth, Isusu Kusapula, no Ezo Mnyandoro, Italeni, Ipigwini, Sibeta, Kocho Stathatha, Eleft, Sibeta Ngo Uma attacking force Chabango, Ognatsan and Olandok, Lilibel is a bad stack and a banner Chabango. And Santos at that time, the rope, Bibaba, if you take TP. I still respect him. I feel sorry, man, in the bubbles, the way he collapsed for I escaped town. It was their chance to get promotion, but in the bubble, the way he performs, he's dim. He was disappointed, but as a Sunday support, I still respect you, Kevin Mullen, and I will always love you. I wish you all the best in your future. Thank you. Hi, Rob. This is Andrew from Redipot. Um, Calvin Mullen was one of the formidable goalkeepers, very clean, uh, very solid, um, and actually he was one of the modern keepers at the time who could be what we call a sweeper keeper. And uh, he was really, really solid, um, good reflexes, uh, like I said, clean, very disciplined and very vocal, typical uh, goalkeeper. But one thing that amazed me, because I mean, they normally say goalkeepers are crazy. He was not crazy. He was just chilled, a gentleman. So I think he was cut from a different cloth. Calvin, thanks for the memories. Thanks for great uh, career that you shared with us and all of the best. It's Legends Night. Let's relive those moments of football magic. Oh man, some great messages that are coming through for a legend tonight. Calvin Marlin, 0605842250. Thank you so much to Zolega Kotashi for coming through with the news at the top of the hour. Now, on Facebook, also equally, lots of messages coming through. Lucky Popo Shangu says, whenever I see him, I always remember him uh, with that 1998-99 league deciding game against Sundowns uh, when he was still at Ajax uh, or Cape Town Spurs. Uh, he really wanted to spoil our party in that last game, but Chuku and Bapu Bella eventually managed uh, to deal with the stubbornness. He says one of the best goalkeepers South Africa has ever, ever produced. Thank you so much, Lucky. Uh, Umzo Khan um, Tutuzi says a great goalkeeper. He used to have his own way uh, to keep a ball. I remember him vividly uh, with his Adidas soccer boots. And Rasta24, Rasta in Port Elizabeth says stand up for our own legendary Calvin Marlin. Wow, what a legend. I'm going to be tuned in as always. I'll phone in just to talk to the legend himself please start to do that um 89 uh, you're live at metro fm and also on radio 2000 bright says first goalkeeper uh, who played as a sweeper number five in south africa and uh, almost yeah i suppose agreeing with what andrew said a couple of seconds ago and wale paganier klisane uh, says that legend indeed uh, was one of the best during his era. Lots of love here, Calvin Marlin. Um, any reaction or response to any of the messages, or you can respond collectively? Yeah, no, um, it's great to hear. You know, sometimes I think players, we don't hear it enough. 
but uh, also keeping us humble sometimes. We, you know, we, we get a lot of flack, and I think yeah. some of us also just can't handle sometimes too much praise. I think that, that happens with a lot of our youngsters, especially when they, they start out and they get praised a lot. And for me, you know, thankfully, my, my grounding was there from, from young with my parents, and, you know, I stayed humble, and it's always great to hear positive feedback. I mean, I mean, as footballers, we, <laughs> we get criticized so much for, for everything we do on the field. But it's always nice to, to hear the positive side of things. And I think it was the second message I heard that somebody spoke about, you know, maybe I'll be coming back to PE and, you know, you'll get his wish. I'm yeah. moving back to PE probably in January. So, you know, I'll see what happens and what lies ahead of me. In the future oh, what's there. the project? But, no, there is no project. I'm just moving the family back to PE. Oh, and then I'll see what happens and what, what arises for me there and see maybe where I can help out, whatever it'll be. In whichever line. So you're not going to be helping Dylan for the long haul. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm here to to end of December, uh, right. helping get everything sorted out and get things going and, and build his squad and things like that. And then you know, come come January, we'll be moving down to B. And if I need to leave B for work, then then my family will stay behind at least there because then there's a structure that the family yeah. structure is there for them. Yeah, I suppose as a footballer, hey. Calvin, as well, you know, you're all over the place, eh? You know, if, if you go into the coaching game, it's, 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 there is no stability at all, which yeah. is very frustrating because you don't really have time to build anything. Mm-hmm. They tend to hire and fire so quickly in South Africa that, you know, you, you come with a two-year, three-year plan and, you know, it's gone out the window after three games. So, you know, that, that's the most frustrating part for me now being in the coaching line is that there is no security. So... You can't really plan for for tomorrow at all. I, I can imagine the frustration, but I think good decision in the end uh, to at least keep them grounded and not yeah. always being continually on the move as well. So no, I suppose um, stroke of genius on your side. Also got a message from, uh, I'm sure you remember Trompies, Daniel Mutokai, uh, who's with City Press now. So Trompies was saying, you know, clubs from... Uh, that era come through this PSL status buying transactions must take and and ask for a seven stars model slate template. I think that's what we were chatting about earlier. Mm. It says, I literally grew up in the environment of seven stars through kickoff magazine, and I saw firsthand how a professional club should be run. Seven stars reflected the true demographics of Cape Town. Almost every community was represented, and that is why they had a full house at home. And also, Kelvin, uh, with his distinctive big calves, uh, must have learned <laughs> a lot from the former Seven Stars number one, John Goodwin. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. Exactly that. I mean, you know, Rob knew how to get the people involved and, and make them feel part of the club. I mean, yeah. that that was that was his drawing card, and he did the same. Like I said, when he, when he started Ajax, when he started Ajax, to get everybody involved, to get the, the hype up around the, the brand and and the, and the players there, and the players would also give back. You'd also be seen in the community. I mean, I don't know how much players do do that these days. Yeah, I, I think just doing the little bit because all I remember about Seven Stars is that they were not seen as either a coloured club, they were not seen as a black club, yep. they were not seen as a white yep. club. They were just like, hey, we're Seven Stars, we're here to play football, guys. And the stadium was packed every time. Didn't matter exactly. who Seven Stars were playing against. Exactly, yeah. No, that oh, was man. the thing. I mean, anybody could identify with it. Your international debut. 
If I remember correctly, um, it was a bit of a crazy situation because the guy was also making his debut then, uh, Emil Baron. Yes. Um, he was, you know, substituted. Then you came on in that match, uh, I think back in 2002. So we'll talk about that and how you were able to handle that ahead of your first full international debut uh, when you played against uh, Botswana and how you fared there. So Calvin Bond and our guest uh, tonight will take more of your uh, WhatsApp messages. It's 0605842250. Hashtag MSW. Calvin Donovan Mullen is my guest uh, tonight here on Mara Sports Worldwide. Uh, getting so many calls that are coming through. In fact, let's uh, take uh, Sam, who's in Mokopane. Good evening, Sam. Hello, how are you, Rob? I'm very strong, man. You want to chat to a legend? Uh, yes, I want to ask uh, a legend some uh, questions. Yeah, What's go you? ahead. He's listening. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Calvin. How are you? Good. I'm very well, thanks to uh, yourself. My man. Okay, I appreciate and I admire your talent. And then, okay, now I've been listening. And then when I check back and then I see you are one of the goalkeepers that went to so many teams. And then I wanted, I want to ask you, what was the problem? Because we we know goalkeepers to be the pillars of the team, whereby they stay a uh, long time than most of the infield players. So what were the issues that Calvin will be at seven stars? And the next at Cape Town and Super Sport. What was the problem? Because you were so much talented that any team would like to keep you. Nice one. Thank you, Sam. Calvin? Can you just um, repeat that question for me? What was the. What no, just the, um, what? I think just in terms of you, you, were, you were playing for quite a few teams. Yeah. Um, what would have been the problem so that you were not stable, let's say, in one of the teams? What would you say? you encountered uh, for that lack of stability? Obviously, what happened at Sundowns happened, etc., etc. Yeah, I mean, in any football, you go through patches, good, good patches, bad patches in form. Um, and also, one thing about football I've learned, it's very subjective. One coach likes you, the other one doesn't. And, I mean, it can't be sometimes just not the player's fault. And then some guy prefers another another player over, over you. And, you know, when... when I think a lot of times I've got quite a few injuries at one stage and that really curtailed my, my ability to, to keep a good performance up, especially near the end of my, my time at Sundance. I was, mm-hmm. I was carrying a lot of injuries and that really became a problem. And, um, you know, I think when, when it comes to football, yeah, it's sometimes like somebody like Ronan is, is very lucky. He's been injury-free. He's been playing now, what, five, six, seven years at Sundance. And, um, you know, with us, in my generation, there were still a lot of good keepers around. I mean, not to say they aren't decent keepers these days, but there was a lot of young talent coming through and pushing for, for first-team places. We've got um, Shadrach in Mokopong. Good evening, Shadrach. Yeah, good evening, Mr. Marawa. Welcome, welcome to our Legends Night show. Calvin Marlin's listening. Go ahead. Thank you very much. What a legend. Uh, Rob, two, two things, man. Yeah. Uh, he reminds me of uh, it's quite ironic because they are all they are all uh, the legends. Uh, I Casillas, the Spanish and Real Madrid captain, you know that goalkeeper. That's yeah. that's what I, I see. And the last one, Rob, I I don't know. I, I remember 
the Rossman's Cup final in 2000. It was Paris and Alex Town. Yes, uh, Alex went to go through uh, scoring one goal mm-hmm. with uh, Sean Kemal, if you remember. Then it was a free kick. It was maybe somewhere mm-hmm. 76 minutes. Especially uh, was free kick. Oh, what a goal. I don't know if you remember that game. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. And they went back to beat around the Paris 4-1. Thank you very much. I don't know Absolutely. if you remember that game. No, absolutely. We spoke about it earlier. Without a doubt, um, one of the, the highlights, I'm sure, as we mentioned with Kelvin. Thanks so much, Shadrach, in Mokhopong, um, saying that uh, you remind him of Ike Casillas. Have you had that uh, compliment before? Yeah, actually, you know, the funny thing, when I first saw him, it was at the World Cup. I think I saw Ike warming up when we played Spain. Yes. At this game. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, when I looked at his physique and the size, I was actually quite surprised. He was very similar to me because, you know, normally we've always been brought up, ah, these overseas keepers are very big and tall. Yeah. And he was quite normal, you know, in my eyes compared to most of the keepers that we've seen in those styles. So, Absolutely. you know, the way he moves and things like that, probably I can see a little bit of myself in it. So I think it's a fair comparison, though, because, like you say, uh, so many times they talk about, oh, these massive keepers from a, a Schmeichel back then at yeah. Man United. He was always, the, you know, the big boy. Um, yeah. And you could go through a whole list of goalkeepers. But in the end, I mean, um, Ofori, who, who's now just joined Pirates, is after a very long time. I mean, you compare his stature to a Wayne Sanderlands, and it's a completely different thing. A uh, completely different goalkeeper, Dennis Onyango, yeah. for example. So, yeah. goalkeepers about the ability of shot stopping, distribution, all of the above. And I think you were able to fulfill that. Let me squeeze in this one tweet as well. Uh, Wendy Lemdana says, um, Molina was such an exceptional goalkeeper during his prime time. Uh, he had the belief of never surrender. The destiny uh, wanted him to build his legacy. Uh, that we saw in him to coach the IX project, to explore his legacy, and we truly appreciate him for all of the great memories as well. Th- that that came against Saudi. It was what, towards the end or something, and then Emil came off and you came on. Yeah, uh, I can't remember who the coach was, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, was it not of standing those years or the round? To be honest, was it not? I don't know if it could have been already, but I remember that trip. I remember yeah. being under lights, and I remember my legs feeling heavy, and everything seemed like it was going 100 miles an hour, and just praying that they weren't going to hit a shot on target. But it wasn't long that I was on the field for, if I remember correctly. It was exactly. a very short stint. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, your 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 proper debut then came through against Botswana um, later on in that year. Um, as yeah. well, and it was the Kosafa Castle Cup game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was and, there, wasn't it? Away. Yeah, and 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 you you were like this hero because of that penalty shootout. And <laughs> there was Calvin Marlin all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I, I was quite lucky with penalty shootouts. In there, I mean, I think our very first game for Ajax was a penalty shootout against Chiefs. Absolutely, absolutely. And we won that penalty shootout. So yeah, I've been quite lucky from from that point of view with penalty shootouts as well. That I've, I've guessed the, the right way a few times. Oh, well, it's, it's, <laughs> about, it's about the game. Yeah? Luck, yeah, it plays a part uh, in the same way, Calvin, that we've been so lucky to share uh, this hour with you. I know it goes by so quickly, uh, but I'm, I'm sure you've garnered from all of the messages that have come through, voice notes, Facebook, Twitter, phone calls, you name it, uh, people really appreciating who and what you're all about. And we just wanted to salute you right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide and say, well done, great career. 
and stay the humble soldier that I've always known you to be. And once again, a true legend. Thank you so much. Thanks for pleasure. Absolutely. That's uh, Calvin Marlin, our guest tonight. As Nigeria lead 4-1 against Sierra Leone. And um, it is Iwobi who scored two goals. Uh, awesome Hen scored another one. Chukweze scored another one. All of those four goals happened in the first 29 minutes of the game, believe it or not. Uh, so 4-1, Sierra Leone. Uh, that is the game currently underway. All right, our time is up. We'll catch you again on Monday. Thanks to the team. That has been Mara Sports Worldwide. Do enjoy.